I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. win streak only two snapped as they head into the all-star break a close one in south philadelphia hosting the miami heat but they could not walk away with the victory falling again in this one very very close actually looked like it might have been a way to pull this victory out but they did not in the end 109-104. Welcome to the PHL Watch Sixers postgame show. I'm Devon Givens alongside my partner in crime is always here following these home games. Derek Bodner, Kyle Newbeck will join us live from the arena. Brianna is producing the We're Here With You. Can't wait to read all your comments, get some of those super chats in as we talk about this final game before the All-Star break. And, and look, no Tobias Harris again, no Jimmy Butler for the Miami Heat. Kyle Lowry not yet ramped up for the start of his Sixers career. The Sixers were in this one, but they fall short in the fourth quarter with some key stretches there, key possessions, two straight offensive rebounds that led to four points for the Miami Heat as the Sixers were as close as three points, but they could not get a body on the offensive player, keep him off the glass. Jaime Jaquez flies in from the weak side for a rebound off a Duncan Robinson miss. And then the bigger... Bam Adebayo goes tip rebound, Moses Malone style, to grab the rebound. He gets fouled with about eight seconds left, knocks down two free throws, and that really did the Sixers in in the very end. And as I had uh, on Twitter, I had one of our guys, we had one of our guys on Twitter jump in. No, just you. And say, actually, it was it was all no, of us, where John said... Bad Kelly Oubre seemed to show up tonight. And that is very accurate for this conversation that we're going to have tonight on this final post game of the first half of the season for the Sixers. They're now 32-22, and 22, where the Miami Heat are 30-25. and 25, And again, snapped the Sixers' two-game winning streak. It would have been nice, Derek, to go in with the three games uh, winning because they were in this one. They did some good things to win this game, but in the end, the the, the better players on the other side made things happen. Yeah, and it was sort of a, a weird game because on the one hand, in the first quarter, they come out and they were playing real well offensively. Second half, mm-hmm. they couldn't buy a bucket. Uh, I thought once Miami started loading up against Tyrese and Buddy, the Sixers really struggled to get good shots behind them. Uh, and then the rebounding, which wasn't an issue for most of the night, 
down the stretch was just abysmal right at the worst time. And they worked so hard to get a number of key stops just to give it away because three people were watching the ball. And I looked it up. You know, Miami had 11 offensive rebounds, a six for the Sixers. If you looked at it for percentages, it wasn't that drastic of a difference. I think somewhere like maybe 27% offensive rebounding and 24, somewhere in that range. I forget exactly. But it was the, the timing of it that was yeah. especially catastrophic. Because like I said, they needed to find a way to claw themselves back. Um, I forget how much they were down by towards the end there. Maybe like was it five or six points. They it wasn't got it huge. to three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was capable of coming back. They just needed to do all the little things, and they just couldn't do it. And on the one hand, that's not really where I think a lot of the problems were. Like in the first half, the I mean, they just got beat by backdoor cut after backdoor cut after backdoor cut. They got beat off the ball. Uh, ball handlers were getting in the middle and kicking it out. And Miami ended up with 16 corner threes to eight for the Sixers. You're going to lose that math battle a lot when that happens. So most of my complaints throughout the game would come down to some other stuff. But man, just watching you know offensive rebounds get ripped out of their hands at crucial possessions was real, real tough. Probably not a huge, like, long-term concern. You don't really need to project it forward. But we've been talking so much about you just need to find a way to get 14 here from there on out, especially one here where Miami is behind you in the standings. This would have been a monster one to ride into that all-star break on a three-game winning streak, um, especially against one team that you're fighting with for a position. This was a big one, and this was disappointing uh, for a number of reasons. And as you talked about, the the number where it didn't look all that bad when you look at the offensive rebounds, when the final score ended, and you look at the final box, Derek, it was the fourth quarter. As we talked about, those two key ones there that they got the four points, but six yeah. to the one of the Sixers in the fourth quarter as they lose the frame 26-22 to 22 in those second-chance points there, 11-4. to four in favor of the Miami Heat. So again, six to one there in the Sixers, both teams shot 40%, but the Sixers shot 44% in the fourth quarter. Both teams shot poorly from the three-point line, plus one for Miami at down the stretch there. And the Sixers were plus one, made free throws five to four in the fourth quarter. But when we add it up in the close games, those little things add up, as you pointed out, those little intangible things, putting a body on someone, finding your man, and, and not turning the ball over, even though it was 3-3, both, both teams scoring two points off of those three <coughs> miscues. It was those six offensive rebounds, 11 yep. points, and the Sixers just the one and, and four points uh, on the second chance opportunities, uh, two for two there, and that's what did them in in, in the end. Yeah. No, it really, and I mean, look, the offense, like I said, was a slog for most of the second half. Uh, Tyrese Maxey had, had his moments, um, but you know, after he came back from that ankle injury or that ankle scare, at the very least, mm-hmm. um, it just seemed like Miami was much more aggressive with him on the perimeter, and he really struggled to get a tough shot. And you were just waiting for somebody to really step up. You know, Paul Reed had his moments; he ended up with eighteen and twelve. Yeah. Uh, Outside of him and, and Buddy, though, there really wasn't much help alongside of Tyrese. You would have liked to see somebody else step up. But they are missing five of their top eight or nine players. That is going to happen. You are going to have times where, you know, last three quarters, you just couldn't buy a bucket outside of Tyrese and Buddy. Um, You understand that. Like I said, that's a little bit why the rebounding bothers me. Not because it's so much something you're going to worry about, like projecting forward, because you are missing a lot of your better rebounders, including that seven foot MVP guy. Um, but because it was a game where you could have stolen, and that would have been a huge one to steal. One of the other key parts in the fourth quarter, as Derek was talking about, uh, blitzing Tyrese Maxey, getting the basketball out of his hands. The other part was, while they were blitzing too, 
they put themselves in the zone. They made the Sixers, hey, you're going to beat us in this zone. So they went zone predominantly for the entire, yeah. predominantly really for the entire fourth quarter. And the Sixers, they had some moments where it worked, and then they had some moments where it did not work. Kelly Oubre, we talk about how poor he was tonight, finishing the game this evening with nine points on four for 11 shooting. He did get one to drop where they needed it late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Ricky Council was in the middle of the zone as well, right there at the free throw line. Patient, shot the ball over Bam Adebayo, knocked down that jumper right there. Paul Reed, they gave him that one where he knocked down one a little bit earlier, plus a three-pointer, missed one there late, and then they just could not really figure out that zone. They had they rushed a couple of shots when they were down six, but he healed and a, a three-pointer that was really well contested by the Miami Heat on the left right there in front of the Miami Heat bench. Thought he rushed that one, forced that one a little bit, yep. just trying to get back in there and, and you know, get that big shot. You, you, we always talk about, all right, it's a six-point game, but there's plenty of time. You're going for that three-pointer as if you're going to get six points in that three-pointer where it wasn't needed. You only needed a bucket. And that would have been nice to knock down a three-pointer, but maybe pass the ball a little bit more and get a better shot for a three-pointer or just simply go to the basket and try to get a two somewhere in there. And you might earn yourself the traditional three by getting fouled while going for a shot there somewhere in the interior. So I thought the zone bothered them down yeah. that stretch there where it really became they, <clears throat> some good things happened, but when they were really forcing it, that zone was a problem. Yeah, and I think this is one area where, look, a lot of these players are new. And the ones who aren't new, quite frankly, just don't play all that much. And I think there's a lot of familiarity or a lack of familiarity with some of the pieces on the floor. I think you can see that at times with their offensive connectiveness. I think you can see that at times with their communication on defense. Uh, they just did not seem like they have played very many games together because, newsflash, they haven't played very many games together. Uh, like a lot of the players that you're relying on, Buddy and Cam specifically, they're brand new. And like I said, most of the other high-minute guys, you're relying on K.J. Martin a lot more than I think we ever would have expected to rely and on he, K.J. Martin this bad, season. Right. He wasn't bad. He was one of the bright spots in this game. Yep. But there is just, and, and Ricky Council, which we've talked about a lot, like he Go played him, 23 Rick. minutes, wouldn't mind if he played another five or six. Uh, but there's just a lack of familiarity between them. And so much of basketball is anticipating where your guys, where your teammates are going to be, communicating where you need your teammates to be, uh, and knowing what actions, you know, what to do on each action. And it's just, you could, I think this is one of the first games where you could really just see like the lack of injuries, yeah. lack of availability, lack of familiarity uh, was really hitting on them. And that's why I brought up the better players on the other side. The key players on the other side made the plays where you bam out of bio again, great offensive rebound, a big shot from their shooters uh, at late in the game. And then Jaime Hakez, who is a highly talented rookie, yeah. you know, one of the leaders for the conversation of first team all rookie, maybe not for, uh, rookie of the year, but he's really really good no there's and a couple a couple really good rookies yeah it's gonna be a they're tough really one that one. really really good <laughs> uh, while wow, he's really really good and he just came in and what he does is one of those guys who just does stuff he does all the right things and what he did was he timed it perfectly weak side offensive rebound to get that put back for them when they needed yep. it most so again just the better players down the stretch executed it much better than the Sixers good players there but he healed again we talked about as good as he was he was still good he just missed some shots and he made some I thought he just got tired at the end no. and forced a shot where the legs weren't there and it was all shooting, no legs on that one. Bad shot there. Maxi getting the attention that he that he was getting. Plus, he even had a bad turnover with the final possession with eight seconds left. I thought he was going to pull up a three. He tried to maneuver yeah. and, and get a two or maybe find somebody else and he turned the ball over. They throw the ball down the other end. 
Miami does, and, and they win that game right there. So just their better players, and then having Kelly Oubre, who is one of your better players, but did not have that Kelly Oubre game, which we'll get into a little bit more. If you could just have like a C Kelly Oubre game, mm-hmm. but no, you don't get might C win Kelly Oubre's game. You get A's, and you get D's and F's, and that's it. <laughs> and it's just it's a B Kelly Oubre game. You probably pull this one out. You probably uh, But do. he was nowhere near there. Yeah, 4-4-11 four, four, again, nine points. He had a good shot there late in the paint in the fourth quarter. But it was what was needed there in the middle of the game to, to help them out. But the better players made the better decisions down the stretch for the Miami Heat. And 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 then that one really did them in. Look, Maxie was good. And the, the ankle thing was a scare there in the third yeah. quarter. He wound up coming back. And that was good to see because they did need it. They did. He, he did some things. They needed Tyrese Maxie to be Tyrese Maxie there down the stretch. But as you mentioned, Paul Reed got some good rebounds. He made a really good play. I thought the officials missed the call where Tyler Hero had an opportunity for a, a rebound. He stepped. He actually had his foot on the floor. The official standing right there missed it. Bam Adebayo received the basketball foul by the Sixers. That would have at least given them a possession to maybe put some points on the board. So a missed opportunity there. Paul Reed, good pass from Ricky Council. Kind of a tough spot there. I thought Ricky actually could have taken one more dribble to make a decision because Bam Adebayo had to figure out who he was going to defend. Was he going to defend? And he's already an all-NBA defender, four-time all-NBA defender, so he reads things pretty well. He was in in a position to make a decision on Ricky driving to the basket or Paul Reed getting that drop-off, and he read right. He anticipated the rookie dropping the ball off to the man along the baseline in that dunker spot to give an opportunity where he probably, if he was a little more seasoned or a little more aggressive like Ricky has been, taking one more dribble, he could have maybe had him commit to him, maybe go up for a shot and dropped it off for a a layup opportunity for Paul Reed, maybe some free throws if he doesn't make the bucket. But I'm picking here, but we're just looking at, because the game was so close, they were in it, these are little things that happened, plus the late turnovers that did them in. So they fought the better players as we're looking at K.J. Martin getting 20-plus minutes, Ricky Council getting 20-plus minutes, Paul Reed, Mo Bamba getting these extended minutes. It was probably bound to happen over these last few games where they stole one in Cleveland. Great effort to yep. get the win. They beat Washington. Hey, they should have beat Washington. Okay. Yeah. And then here, yeah. like we said, going into the break, sometimes you look at the break when, when you're veterans, and even when you're in it, you have some young guys who are out there on the floor maybe a little bit longer than they're used to, and some of those warts and those mistakes are going to highlight themselves down the stretch to cause you to lose those games. And I think that's what happened here. Not to really, as, as, you, as Derek said, it was a tough one because they were there. It was right there for them but they just could not hold on long enough to pull this win out, and the clock was against them. The clock was against them against Cleveland, but they made the plays down the stretch. This one, the clock ran out on them. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're right. Like it's, it's a lot of players who are young and experienced playing up a role uh, beyond what you expect them to do. I'm very rarely going to get mad at a loss where, like I said, you're missing five of your top nine players. It's just not realistic to win consistently in the NBA, winning three in a row, even if one of them was against Washington, and even if the, another one of them was against a Miami team without Jimmy Butler. Winning three in a row with five of your top nine gone is a minor miracle. It's just frustrating because they were so close, because they had such a chance, because just a little more execution or a little more steady play from someone like Kelly would have gotten you a win. And because this is such an important game, because Miami is in that seventh spot, if you right. want to yep. avoid that play, and this was one of the key games left on your schedule, am I mad? 
No, this yeah. isn't one of the ga games that give me great long-term concern. It's just disappointing because of how much it meant. Well, with it all and talking about that, you know, the, the, the angry eating, the, the angry, angry hunger that you have after something like, I'm so mad I could eat. Well, you know what? I'm so mad, but I'll get, I'll get excited because of what I'm about to eat. And that's the bagels from our friends at Bagels & Co. Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly. And with Philly love, of course. Huge bagels, biggest bagels in Philly. I'm They're very large. picturing what a mad Hence, Devon looks like. I just, I've never seen you mad. I want to see what it looks like. like hmm. Really mad. I can get there. Basketball right. gets me there. All right. Sometimes. I'll yeah, work on things. that. My goal over the next couple of months is to get you really pissed off. It wouldn't be you. It would be more of what they did <laughs> okay. on the floor. Okay. But again, I would then retreat and go get myself a bagel. Hence the... Huge bagels, the very large bagels, Brooklyn-style, New Jersey-style bagels. Large variety usually have 15 to 20 different types to choose from on a daily basis, and they have seasonal bagels as well. We were talking about it during Christmas when we did our show from Reading Terminal. They had the bagels there with us right there on the table, and they had the Christmas-style bagels. For instance, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day, Bree, Derek, everybody. They have Valentine's Day bagels. St. Patrick's Day bagels, as that's coming up, largest cream cheese varieties, 30 different flavors to choose from of cream cheese and schmears, as well, the staples as they have, and seasonal flavors throughout the year that change with the seasons, and they cater to various sports team here in Philadelphia and Florida as well, because the Phillies are with spring training, so hey, you know, bagel style there with them. So, for instance, they do the Eagles cream cheese. They'll do a 76ers cream cheese during this second half and the playoff run hopefully a deep one as well and some Phillies promotional type of things in the fall when they are in the playoffs check out the Instagram as well to see the visuals it will help us speak more to the brand of bagels and co affordable prices in today's inflationary world who wants to spend a lot of money for a, a great bagel well you don't have to because they think it's key to make sure that they have the affordable prices debated about raising the prices but no need when they are everyday brand and not have the same type of prices for some of those high-end places and you splurge on the weekend so they are not that, you know, artisan or mom and pop. They have the mom and pop feel, though, where they cater to the everyday individual, and a lot of the customers are repeat. So we want you to be repeat. They have a really good, really good coffee. If you want to stay up, you get up early, first thing you need is some coffee. Well, Bagels & Co. has it. It's not 7 bucks like Starbucks. You don't need Dunkin' or anything like that to get a subpar product when you can come to Bagels & Co. and get a more premium product at the same price point. For the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philadelphia, head to and co.com slash store locator to find the closest bagels and co near you we also want to make sure we tell you about game time buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful leave that to the teams you love game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music and comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have GameTime is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance with GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. With GameTime, you get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. 
With Game Time, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, since this was a loss in 109.94 again, Sixers now 32 and 22 in the East, Miami 30 and 25 uh, after this game. But typically, again, we talk about losses. There are good things to point out. We'll get there. But Kelly Oubre, as, as we talked about, just to kind of highlight that a little bit, that if you get the C game of Kelly Oubre there, you most likely win this game because the different complexion of the game and some different things that he does that will help yeah. him win. And he shot similar in terms of a, a shot attempts. He was 4-4-11. I believe he was, what, 10 for 14 on, on Monday in, in that victory. But in this one, uh, he was just a little bit off. He, he got back to, you know, a little bit of the scattered stuff, some bad, some bad attempts t- there where the attempts that he took in Cleveland on Monday and that, and that win, there was some really good looks that he had, some really good creation attacking the basket. He probably got fouled one or two times going to the basket and, and looked for the call, but once again having to adjust to how they're calling the game. So if you're doing that and you do a few things, you're going to earn that call. And, yeah. and, and tonight, I, I just thought he just relegated back to the bad stuff as as we got there in on our tweet and some things here already in our chat where he just went back to the 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 bad stuff where he starts to space out and 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 that when that happens you typically get this type of performance from him yeah look this is the kelly Oubre experience this is why you could score 20 a night and no team in the league really wanted to commit anything of any real consequence to him it is the decision making it's not the athleticism it's not the skill set it's not the talent it is the fact that you cannot trust him game to game because he is going to take himself out of the game with poor decision making uh that's going to lead to ineffectiveness and it is a game where you know kyle and i were sitting there in the first half and he would pump fake out of a wide open catch and shoot corner three yeah. just to put the ball on the floor and take a real tough contested floater and it's like this is like you need to make this is why he's a very frustrating player. And tonight, he sort of compounds that with a lot of off-ball awareness issues on defense. Um, he was only one of the many problems in that regard. I thought this was maybe the first time uh, since the trade that you saw you know, the Buddy campaign, Tyrese sort of trio really get picked on defensively to a large degree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they really, really struggled, and that put the entire defense in rotation, especially when Paul Reed doesn't put out those fires like Joel Embiid does. Uh, and with Paul rotating, then uh, wings were having to dig down, open corner threes, yada, yada, yada. It was a real bad game in that regard. But Kelly's a part of that, and they need Kelly to be a solution on the defensive end, and he wasn't tonight either. It was just a bad game, and that is the Kelly Oubre experience. He will have those highs, and his lows will be lows, and there's almost nothing in between, and it can be, you know, you just really need a better performance from him. And as a result, AC Filler in the chat, our our latest chat here, says Kelly fouling out helped them, LOL. Well, (laughs) I mean, it was so late that... Yeah, I I mean, you're probably not wrong because he helped him out throughout the game because if he had a better game... Sixes would have been in it a yeah. little bit more, and they may have been able to actually escape with this victory. Uh, but, yeah, he helped them out a little bit. But down the stretch, typically when you have something like that, just like in Cleveland, 
you ramp up the energy a little bit more, you press on defense a little bit more, that energy, that effort is there to try to create some turnovers. And that's what the Sixers did too. They got a couple of turnovers down the stretch to give them an opportunity, just unable to capitalize off of those mistakes. We did have a super chat from our friend Davon, a.k.a. Schoolboy Beats, says Nurse's three-guard lineup was bad. Ricky should have been in. Go get him, Rick. We couldn't yell, go get him, Rick. On yeah. press row because he did some stuff in there. He had a couple of mistakes early. He he missed the assignment and got lost on Duncan Robinson in the first quarter yep. with some of his minutes. Duncan Robinson knocked down a three-pointer. By the way, Duncan Robinson had 20 points tonight. And that was one. He also had a bad foul on Kane when he drove to the basket cutting. He fouled because he didn't find him quickly enough, and as a result, he had to kind of bump him yep. and knock him off. He gets fouled. Kane goes to the line for two. He settled down after that. Six points, three boards during his stretch of the first quarter into the early part of the second quarter before he was subbed out. Six points, three boards. And, of course, those three boards were, I'm getting this rebound, you're not kind of rebounds. And it was good to see it in front of us in the first half before we had to leave because we saw that activity right there in front of us at that basket. But, yeah, Ricky was good again tonight where he was 5 for 10 from the floor, hit a three-pointer late. He took a bad three-pointer late also but once again, some really good Ricky minutes. And you even said it that Ricky played the minutes that he did. We probably should have got five more out of him. Yeah. No, and look, I, I thought maybe the most encouraging play of the night was when they went zone and he was in the middle and just rose up and took that 15-footer and he made it and was confident. And his form does look a little cleaner than it did you know, over in the summer league. It does look like he's put a little bit of work into it. I'm not anywhere near saying it is reliable or something that I trust, but it is a step forward mm -hmm. and he probably needed seven steps forward to get where he needs to be. But if he takes that first two or three, you can't get to step seven without taking the first two. Uh, so it is good to see because I mean, we've spoken so much about him recently, way more than I would have ever expected when the season started, but there is so much about him that is an NBA player and can be an even better NBA player down the line over time as teams scout him. If he eventually, and I, I think when they get healthy, I'm not sure he's going to be a part of the rotation right now, but Eventually, if he steps in, teams are going to scout him, know what they can yes. take off yep. uh, off the plate. He needs to develop that jumper. It was nice seeing, even if it was only a you know, 15, 16-footer that was pretty much uncontested, it was nice seeing him take it. He took, what, I think four threes. Not all of them are good shots, but quite frankly, I'm just happy that he takes them right now. Um, just It's just nice to have a little bit of physicality and athleticism. Yeah. And, and, I and that's what they can't take away word, from him. But a little bit of dog on the court. They can't take yeah. it away from him. They can maybe use it against him where he may be too overly aggressive in some of those spots once they have the time during this all-star break to scout him a little bit more, say, okay, this is what we do. This is what you try to take away from him. But for the most part, those things that they can put on that whiteboard and say, hey, this is what he likes to do, take this away. They cannot take away that dog mentality, that effort that he has there out there on the floor. I saw a funny one from Kyle, a tweet where there was, you know how the in-house stuff that they run and the, the things that they ask them, at, at media day and they have it stocked and ready to go yeah. for for timeouts and halftime and stuff and they asked him for i guess he had to run off 15 seconds and give them as many marvel characters as he could give them and kyle tweeted out that he said me yeah. <laughs> so rick on brand, A little man. bit of flair. Yep. On brand, of Rick. And, and it was funny because we were all in, in our seats at Press Row, and Kyle and Derek are sitting next to each other in a row in front of me. I'm behind them. And we were, they were actively looking at each other when Ricky did something good. 
I was looking at them, but none of us made eye contact. I didn't know I was being watched here. Jeez. They didn't make eye. Well, you you didn't even realize I was there. <laughs> Kyle did, but Kyle didn't turn around and look at me like, yo, and, you know, go get him, Rick. We couldn't do that on press row, but it was funny to just listen to there the There has people. been a go get him, Rick on press row. You did I say you did that, right? Game, I was here yep, at yep. the last game. I was here. You were there. You did say it. But there was no eye contact between the three of us where we looked at each other and said, oh, go get him, Rick, when, when he made, <laughs> you know, one of those off-balance layups again where he, he, you know, he took that contact and, and did it. But yeah, and listen, look- he had 13 points, guys. In 22 minutes and 40 seconds, 5 for 10 from the floor, 1 for 4 from 3. And he's probably not going to get four threes up. So basically on average what he did, good percentage. And again, attacking the glass, four boards, two assists, and only one turnover, even as aggressive as he is. And going 100 miles per hour, way more under control than Tony Roten was ever during that rebuild uh, time there. That's, 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 that's some good run. Yeah. No, and look, he has, he's so good at absorbing contact, so good at, I think he has real potential in terms of finishing near the basket. I think he has real potential as a slasher. It's one of the reasons why you just need that shot to come along a little bit yeah. because he needs a little bit of closeout to attack. Like yes. You're not going to ask him to try to really create off the dribble. You're not going to ask him to come off of a screen and try to beat you with his speed or with his advanced handles. He needs something to gain an advantage that something could theoretically be a closeout if anybody ever has to close out on him. And if they do that, he can really be effective, I think, as a pretty straight line drive slasher who can absorb contact, get to the rim, get to the free throw line. It opens not only, like, he needs that jump because he's playing with Embiid and you kind of need to be able to shoot play mm-hmm. alongside of Embiid but he needs that jumper to unlock a little bit more of himself offensively because there is real I mean it's like I've said time and time again going back to the day after they signed him last June he has so many NBA skill sets that shot is going to be such a swing skill for him uh, and like I said maybe the most encouraging shot for me was that 15 or 16 footer just because it was a glimpse of maybe the work he's been putting in. Yeah. And, and one thing that you do notice though already is where they do close out on him, they close out him not as aggressive, but man, he doesn't hesitate from putting the basketball on the floor. He will, they come after him. He puts the ball on the floor and he goes to the basket to try to make a decision. One way or another, whether it's him putting up a shot or passing to one of his teammates, he will put that basketball on the floor. And I can't wait for the opportunity when he does get into the paint. And there's so much uh, indecision there by the opposition that he goes up, Derek, for one of those Arkansas opportunities. And he just pulls that basketball back, man, and just tries to flush it on one of those big men. He may not make it, but he might get fouled. And that's a decision that they're going to have to make. And Barbara's in here, our friend Barb Carroll. And Barbara says, he's just fearless. He's fearless. And that's exactly what he is. George Gardner jumps in in the chat also says, hi, guys. How are you both doing? But he also says, let's get it, Ricky. Yes, let's get it, Ricky. Of course, we have another super chat from our friend Bernard. Bernard McCoy says here with us, uh, Putting this loss on Nurse and Ubre. Just because you got Lowry does not mean you don't play campaign this game. You needed his energy on the floor. Appreciate it, Bernard. Thanks for checking in as always. What do you think? Campaign, more minutes in spots. 
I mean, in theory, but he also kind of sucks. He played tonight. 22 minutes. 22. What did he make? One shot? One for seven, over yeah. five from And three. he gets really targeted. You know, the Sixers' two acquisitions get targeted defensively for different reasons. For Buddy, it's mostly off ball. Uh, he can get lost off ball. He can ball watch a little bit. For campaign, it's just on ball. Like, put him mm. through a thousand screens, and he's not going to get through most of them. Yeah. And a lot of that comes down to physicality more than it does, um, you know, just any kind of skill set or awareness. But he is a, a defender that you can pick on quite a bit. And I think you saw that a lot here tonight. And the combination of those two playing poor defensively was really tough to overcome but when campaign is shooting one for seven and oh for five from three and he can't get through a screen on the perimeter to save his life it's hard for me to really say hey he should be playing more minutes which is a shame because i think he is one of the players who actually has a little bit of creativity with the ball in his hands he can make a pass and set up teammates around him uh, but when he is not playing well enough to earn those minutes, it hurts your offense a little bit, especially when Kyle Lowry's not ready to join the team, especially when Joel Embiid's not in here to create so many scoring opportunities for his teammates. I'm not going to say they needed more minutes from campaign. They just needed campaign to earn more minutes in this game, and I'm not sure that he did. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, we'll see about the reinforcement of... Kyle Lowry when he's available to come back after the All-Star break as he ramps up. He was unavailable tonight. The Sixers said he was in the ramp-up period. He's going to have about an extra week to get into that ramp-up period to see if he takes the floor on Thursday against the Knicks or maybe during our takeover. Let's tell you about our Sixers takeover on February 23rd. You can catch the game with the diehards. And Kyle, Derek, myself, Bree will all be there in the arena and uh, sitting in the, the section where there's a bar. There is. So we can get and some given drinks given how doom and gloom everybody. this chat has been here today, you might need a beverage, and that's great. We will be there to have one. Well, they're going to beat the Cavs that night yeah. and the Knicks the night before, the second night of a back-to-back against the Cavs. So the takeover, February 23rd, that's next Friday at the Center in South Philadelphia. It's a Friday. What else are you doing? You might as well be there. It's a Friday. You're starting your weekend off. Why not start it with us and the rest of the diehards again, February 23rd at the arena, Philadelphia, hosting Cleveland, an opportunity to beat them again. And maybe you'll have some more players available to you. DeAnthony Melton, maybe Nick Batum, possibly. Hopefully we'll see Kyle Lowry for the first time. Maybe we'll see... um, Tobias Harris back out there on the floor for the Sixers against the diehards. All of you hope to see you in the building February 23rd. And you can also become a diehard by going to PHL, allphly.com. Oh, you caught yourself. I caught myself. Proud of you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I didn't even bring the bell in here, so I'm slipping a little bit. But that said, diehards, make sure you go become a diehard. Sign up again at allphly.com where you can get some exclusive things like great content from this guy right here to my right, 
me. Your left on the screen. That is Derek Bodner, Kyle Newbeck, Rich Hoffman, Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Charlie O'Connor, everybody. And you can also get into the uh, the chat that the guys. Yep. I haven't been in there yet. I yeah, need we to. need to get you on Discord. I need to get on the Discord you, chat. You do not have a Discord account, do you? I'm, no, I, I do not. Yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna set it up tomorrow. All right. I'm gonna set it up tomorrow, and I'm gonna jump in on the Discord. And you also get some merchandise with that as well. So become a diehard. Very easy. All phly.com. Go check it out. And it really was like it was great just to sit in the arena because we had one of these earlier on in the season. Yep. Uh, it was great just to sit in the arena and talk some basketball with some diehard fans. Like I really, really enjoyed that. You add a bar to the experience. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun one. And we can get some food too. You know, eat, yeah. talk, drink some things. I don't drink, but you guys can have all the drinks. I'll buy a drink, but I'm not <laughs> drinking it. And I'll, I'll get me a soda, and we can do all that. But that said, hope to see you there on February 23rd. Uh, also, you can, yeah, Bree has the hoodie on, but she's not on camera. She should be. But we have our PHLY uh, hoodies, the PHLY Sixers hoodies, and uh, that's available to you at uh, PHLYlocker.com. You can get the birds. Uh, it's a Philly thing. You can get the Mishkov Flyers hoodie right there. That's a very popular one. Again, all PHLY for all the other stuff, but there's PHLY Locker.com for the merchandise, the hats as well. You can go there and, and get your dad hat, the golf hat, the trucker hat, and the flat brim hat all available to you, including our hoodie, was right there on the screen, bottom left of the screen at phlylocker.com. All right, we got to get Ricky a hoodie too. Go get him, Rick. Even in the loss. Got 13 points for boys. Go get him, Rick. All right. Buddy Hill. He has some really good games, first three. This one was decent, where yeah. he still had 22, but from what we've seen already, down the stretch where we talk about they ran out of gas, I thought he was one of them that ran out of gas. Yeah, and this was one where like he ended up with 22, and 22 points and 10 assists on 8 for 15 that, shooting. Man? The Great. 10 assists, man. Yeah, I think you saw a little bit, like I said, defensively. Uh, I think this was one of the games where he was picked on mm -hmm. more than he was in the previous three. And some of the turnovers, like you said, it looked like a little bit Tired legs, a little bit over 44 minutes he played Being tonight. asked to create more than he really has in a very long time. Um, you know, for the most part, look, if he's going to get up 11 threes and make a good chunk of them, That's like fine. he and Maxi did enough in the first half to give you a chance. You just needed any reinforcements anywhere along the roster. Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre or health from any of your number of players. Not that you can count on Tobias to help you in that regard, but you can certainly count on Embiid when he comes back. He tends to uh, score a few points. I don't know if you've noticed that yet. Um, but yeah, look, he's going to be a little up and down, but if this is his down game, it's not bad. first of all, he's going to have worse games than this. Yeah. He's not going to be shooting the lights out every single time he steps on the floor, but you did see some of his worst more in this one. That being said, the shot and the gravity, he also had moments where he had just a ton of gravity on the perimeter where again, two defenders ran right out at him. He had an easy dump off pass to Kelly Oubre, one of Kelly's few makes of the night because so much defensive attention is paid to him. Um, he is one of those players who will affect the game, and especially affect the offensive side of the court, even on nights where his shot's not going down because other teams know if they leave him open, all of a sudden he can get hot at a moment's notice. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was happy with Buddy's game, even though if I can't acknowledge that, you know, there were a few wars that showed. Yeah, and uh, how, we'll get Kyle here in a second also from South Philly. He'll be jumping in here in just a second, but... I mean, Derek, sitting there in the first quarter, even, you know, before we left in the third, but more so first quarter where they were rolling and in the second quarter as well, his shot-making ability from deep, we've seen it as a visitor with Sacramento 
and with Indiana. But man, to watch it now where yeah. he's here and to see it more and see it more consistently now, why, why also on the road where we watch the games there, man, it's so fun to be able to watch somebody who can shoot the basketball. Like the last time we had that outside of Maxi and even Harden, but like this is JJ Redick and, and Seth Curry. Throwing that cork my shade, man. Sorry, Fert. Cork can't even catch a break now. He's gone. Sorry, Fert. No, Long but you're... Long live Fert. <laughs> yeah. No, it is... It's... Like I said, I love that kind of player with that kind of gravity. Um, you don't get it very often here with the Sixers, especially as an off-ball player because Tyrese has developed into having that kind of gravity, but he's... You know, he's he's on ball. He's mm-hmm. in, in the primary action. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to help that two-man. Like, if you have the Embiid-Maxi two-man game, I think Buddy is going to make their lives a lot sure. easier. I just hope that we get a chance to see it and, and get a good runway in here before the playoffs start uh, so they can form some kind of chemistry. Uh, but, he's yeah, he's he's been great. Um, what did you make of the, the other guy? Got to ask you. No, you know what? Before we get to some other bad stuff, uh, we want to get to K.J. Martin, but you know what? Let's go to the arena right now. We'll talk about K.J. Martin in just a little bit, but joining by our uh, third member of the PHLY Sixers podcast here on the postgame night, final game before the All-Star break. That is one, Kyle Newbeck. And Kyle, there's a lot to talk about, but I have to say it because I think we were holding ourselves back by... I'm sitting behind you, and we saw the Ricky experience stuff happening live instead of on television <laughs> like the last couple of games. And I'm just saying it because we didn't make eye contact or anything, but it was the, you know. You just knew. You we knew, knew there was a, that a, a I wanted to look at you. You wanted to look back. You wanted to look at me, but we couldn't say go get him, Rick, on the press, press row <laughs> at all. Yeah, they, they tell you you're not supposed to do a whole lot on press row. I don't think a go get them Rick would have, uh, <laughs> would have been exactly kosher with everybody else. But you know, to your point, Devon, another good outing for him to the point that my thought in the, I guess, early fourth quarter of that game was it's going to be some tough conversations had coming out of this break because, look, he went from no role at all to – He's like a fan favorite already. I, I tweeted it during the game that he was asked, you know, those 15 second clips. I brought this up earlier because I saw your tweet. It was oh great. Please, please say so it better Ricky than Powell. I did. Okay. So if you've been to a Sixers game or if you haven't, they do these 15 second mini quizzes where they say, hey, name, fi- name as many vegetables as you can or as many. Uh, toys as you can just very broad categories so the category tonight was marvel characters and ricky council gets through about six you know he gets like (laughs) thor and spider-man and whatever and then right as his time is up he just goes he looks at the camera and he smiles and he goes me (laughs) and i just was like absolutely dying it was it was so on brand for a guy who we were talking about had his moment in the sun and then is crushing the the doubters and the non-believers, yeah. but I mean, on a serious note, another good performance tonight. And to touch on Derek, something Derek has said in the past, the decision-making is the most important part, right? Like we see the tools, we see him getting to the free throw line. He made a three tonight, although his shooting was kind of wild in general. But the important thing is he's able to play with that level of physicality and that edge but it doesn't ever feel like he's that out of control, right? Like there are some transition possessions where he gets out ahead of the pack tonight and he still has the presence of mind to say, 
no shot there. Pull it out. Give it to Tyrese Maxey. Give it to somebody else. Got a couple of assists, one on a drop-off to Paul Reed on a drive. So for a young guy who this is probably going to be his one real chance all year to make an impression in the rotation, there is absolutely no guarantee he will continue to play out of the break. For him to be about the right things and show the coaches and his teammates that, that's something that will endear you to a whole lot of people in the organization. And you know what, man? I was saying to Derek before you came on, at some point, even with the little minutes that he may get coming back from the All-Star break when the players start to come back and they get more of the full roster, he's going to catch a body at some point in the paint where there's so much attention with the other players that they're supposed to be. And he's going to cut the middle of the paint or cut baseline, and he's going to get somebody. He damn near (laughs) caught somebody with a couple plays in the last few games. So He did it before these big minutes. We would sit back here and watch it, and we're like, oh, that's where kind of the go get him Rick is, you know, came from in five minute spurts that he's getting at the end of the fourth quarter where the game is already in hand or even a 12 minute run where the Sixers are blowing out a team, you know, Detroit or Washington or whatever it was. And we've seen it where it's there. We saw it in Arkansas. And it's just, you know, my guess and just sharing it with you guys because we've become the, the podcast of Ricky Council. He's going to get somebody at some point. But, yeah, I just wanted to say that. I just hope he continues to play. That's Give the kid a chance, especially if Kelly Oubre looks like he has never <laughs> played basketball before, which is kind of how it felt tonight. Kyle, what the hell happened defensively? Well, it doesn't help that they have a lot of poor defenders in the rotation and that one of them is a guy who – actually, two of them are guys who hadn't played – with this group until last Friday night. So I'd say first and foremost, I want to say, and Tyrese had a big performance in the stat line, all that. He's going to All-Star Weekend. I don't want to be too much of a buzzkill. He was absolutely horrendous at the point of attack. I thought Tyler Hero beat him up pretty good. So that was point number one. Point number two, the off-ball awareness was bad. I thought Buddy was a big culprit there. I was, I mean, Derek and I sat next to each other before both of you left and saw them get back cut on the baseline just over and over and over again. It seemed like six straight possessions. It was wild. Yeah. It was Hawkes. It was Haywood Highsmith. I believe there was even one, uh, one for Hero at one point. So just a whole lot of back cutting that guys are falling asleep, losing track of their man. And, and look, like we could sit here and say they're going to have to outscore teams right now because they don't have the defensive personnel to consistently get stops, but that's low-hanging fruit. You can't – it's one thing like, hey, you have crappy defenders and they get blown by or blown through by bigger guys, can't can't keep up with them, whatever, but you can't fall asleep off the ball. So that's something that that needs to be tightened up a little bit. And then, of course, like the – I'm sure you guys have talked about this tonight, the rebounding is a constant problem, right? And and that – is part of defense. I know we talk about it a lot of the time as a separate category because it is such a big stat, but defensive rebounding is the only way without a turnover that you end a possession, right? So if you can't finish the possession, it doesn't matter if your rotations were good, doesn't matter if the man defense was good, if you beat guys to spots, whatever, you have to close it out. And so they, they did a poor job of that. Again, some of it personnel, that final possession, final important possession they had. They got guys like Tyrese and Campaign, Buddy Heald at 6'4", 
out there on the floor together. And they're also scrambling, they're doubling, they're, they're doing things to get the ball out of certain guys' hands. But that was a, a big problem, certainly late in the game, cost them big time. Yeah, that, that face guard, K.J. Martin, he was trying to face guard and box out. And Jaime Hacquez comes weak side and gets that offensive rebound, put back dunk. And, you know, some of those things is you don't have the big bodies out there on the floor. There's some different personnel things that are happening. And, and you get caught that way. And then the other one, the Bam Adebayo rebound there to really secure it and where he knocked down those, those free throws. He was just tipping it to himself because, to your point, campaign is right there. Tyrese Maxey is right there, and they were not out-jumping him. That was like me no. trying, to, you know, trying, to, trying to get the rebound o- over those guys at that point. Yeah, so listen, they have to gang rebound. There just is no other option. They don't have... The tallest guy on the floor. I actually had, I can't remember, I'm blanking on his name right now. I had a, a diehard in, in my Twitter mentions after the game saying, I'm a, this is a diehard requesting a Mo Bamba rant. And I, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about Mo Bamba after that one. He wasn't good, obviously. But when he's <laughs> the tallest guy, when he's the tallest guy on your team, then he is not only not helping with rebounding, but is actively hurting you a lot of the time. You can't really expect a group of like six foot to six foot four guards to make up for whatever you don't have yeah. at, at the wing and center spots. So it's honestly, it's one of the reasons that I think Ricky has been able to stand out, right? Like he comes in the game, not only is he going up and getting them, as we talk about all the time, Devon, two hands on that damn ball. Yes, He's going up and he is claiming that thing. So they need some more of that in terms of the approach, but it's going to be tough sledding until they get Joel Embiid back. What did you think of Matt Cord's performance? Well, it was up and down at times, but I think <laughs> if you consider that he said introducing Mo Bamba number five, then, you know, 10 out of 10, A+. Plus, Just want to make sure, because you did right. put that in the ugly section of your post-game column, so I just wanted to make sure. Well, Derek, regular readers of the good, the bad, the ugly sections would know the ugly is for the miscellaneous as well as the complaints. Certainly there are complaints and, you know, refing issues that get thrown in there, but that's also for the odds and ends. So I appreciate your concern on behalf of Matt Corp. <laughs> Just wanted to make I, sure. I, yeah. I did give him a firm attaboy, Matt, for Bamba number five. And by the way, Mo Bamba is going to be number five. Kyle Lowry is going to take number seven. Uh, once he does uh, get out there on the floor. Um, Buddy Hill, uh, another good game, but it looked like at the end, playing 44 minutes, that you know, he took one tough shot, left wing when they were down about six. Thought he forced that one actually with about three and some change to go, trying to get six points in one shot. And, uh, but overall, uh, another good game, just ran out of gas, as I said to Derek a little before you came on. Uh, otherwise, he was pretty good again. Yeah, and look, I, I think... It stood out that he forced up a shot or two at the end because he hasn't really been forcing shots since he got here. Double-digit assist game tonight. He actually was told while he's at the podium tonight that he's one of four Sixers ever to have 10 assists and five made threes along with Tyrese Iverson and James Harden. Mm. And he was like, why would you tell me that stat? Like jokingly, (laughs) obviously. But look, I, I, I think... Five turnovers to go with that, granted, with the 10 assists. So there were definitely some costly ones in there. But they're not going to ask him to be a primary-ish 
playmaker when they have a fully healthy roster, right? And, and he talked a lot tonight about, you know, I've just simply been asked to do more things here than I did in Indiana. Like in Indiana, Hal Burton had the ball and deserved to have the ball and was able to do so much that all I really had to focus on is get here, take the threes, beat closeouts, whatever. Um, and so it's been it's been nice to see him expand the range and show us a little bit more, but that'll shrink eventually. And so the, the bad things that we saw, which frankly I thought were few and far between tonight and the last mm-hmm. few nights, we could probably argue that those will dwindle as he gets the fewer opportunities to play make. And it's just good that they can turn to him to this stuff, that they can say, hey, buddy, we're going to put you in a, a DHL with Joel and, and we trust you to make the right read. Or, hey, with Joel on the bench, we can run a pick and roll with Paul Reed, who he's got plenty of chemistry with already. I thought there was a really nice sequence in the first half tonight where ball came to him pump faked to get around a closeout. He steps in, and instead of taking a mid-range or a, a, a tough runner with Bam Adebayo patrolling, he found K.J. Martin on the other side of the rim. K.J. gets an easy layup, and, and that's the type of unselfishness, the ball movement that it takes to beat playoff defenses, I think, right? Like, everybody can beat, can, can make an open shot for the most part, guys that are high-end rotation players. But when they take that away, when teams aggressively close out and switch and do whatever can you make the three quick decisions in succession in order to get that basket so i have seen some great stuff from buddy hoping that continues moving forward obviously uh did you get anything at the end of the game more on tyrese maxi i know it's the all-star break and but he's playing in the all-star game and uh, he tweaked his ankle in the third quarter did come back but any anything more on that post game so what Nurse said was that he had to get his ankle rewrapped after rolling it a little bit. And when we I actually walked with Tyrese from the locker room to the podium tonight, and he had wraps on his ankle still afterward, and he had gone through a post-game workout, I believe. So clearly bothering him at least a little bit. But when we asked him about it at the podium, he basically said it was fine. He was good enough to be out there. and did not sound at all concerned about all-star or, or anything else. So he's not missing that. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, he is, he's going to be out there and participating and soaking it all in. He sounded, he actually made a joke because he did participate in rising stars a couple of years back. And he goes, I just got my schedule for all-star today. And he goes, man, they didn't make us do all this for rising stars. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, buddy, this is the big stage. Now you got to go and talk to people from like, Japan and Greece and whatever are going to be like, hey, say hi to all your fans overseas or like asking them what his favorite pizza topping is or just like, you know, all the crazy stuff that you get at All Star that you wouldn't get on a normal night. So it's going to be I'm excited for him. Uh, Another attached to that, by the way, Nick Nurse actually said he will be at All Star this weekend is going in support of Tyrese is not taking time off or a break he'll be back you know monday i guess and then they nice. probably get back to it tuesday or wednesday so a nice show of support from nurse for tyrese cool that's all i got all right man well kyle we got five <laughs> yeah, sounded so excited to say that too Derek. <laughs> a lot a whole lot of energy over there well man we've got five i don't know street. some energy on a 
spoken platform maybe you know <laughs> well we've got he's gonna have his work cut out for him now because uh we got five straight full shows no post games just uh some full shows some fun stuff uh, over the next week from uh thursday to wednesday with full shows so kyle thanks as always man really appreciate it get home safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow 2 30 right here get home safe fellas and by the way just because it's valentine's day shout out to my wife just had to say it. Don't want to get in trouble. So you're okay. Yeah. You're gotta, not in trouble gotta, now. Got to skip Valentine's Day for basketball and a loss. That's you got to make sure you shout out the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Great honey. point. Goodbye. Great point. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Is is Tyrese doing anything else Saturday night? Is he doing like a skills challenge or anything? It's a good question. I think I saw that he was part of a group of something, but I, maybe it was like a skills skills thing that he's he's doing. Uh, with those guys because I, at first they were talking about he might be part of the three-point contest and then he wasn't that just went away he we... is not part of the skills challenge no okay but Halliburton Matherin Miles Turner Moncaro Edwards Wemby Scotty Barnes oh no he is he is and Trey Young and Tyrese so which one is he Trey Young he is with uh, Barnes and Trey Young yeah. Barnes and Trey Young okay well, I'm sure we'll talk about don't contest and all of that stuff maybe on Friday before we get out I of here. I can't stand All-Star. Well, guess I am what? very anti-All-Star. He's anti got to talk about it. I actually, I love the three-point shootout. It, that's become the best attraction yeah. now. It's the best attraction. Easily. Easily. I have very little interest in the game. I covered two of them. You don't no. care to do it anymore. No. Well, I won't go. <laughs> well, not, not only is the game really tough to watch, but the access is bad. And it might might influence me that like when I went, it was, one of them was in Charlotte, and it wasn't exactly the most mm -hmm. entertaining time in the world. But no, it was a uh, Indiana know, either. With it all was due great. Respect. I was happy I went there for Embiid's first one in LA. That one I was happy to be at. Um, but it is not the greatest event in the world. But it is a great um, honor for Tyrese, and I'm happy for him. Yeah, um, it's gonna be back in LA for the Clippers uh, in a couple, a couple of years. They announced okay. it already because Steve Ballmer is gonna have the new arena. So. They want to make sure that they give them the all-star game. I'll go for that one. We can go for that one if you if you go ahead. Come on, man. let's go. <laughs> and I'll go for another reason. Hopefully that happens soon. No, too. I mean, look, I'll yeah. I'll go. It was just it was honestly a little bit of a letdown because I thought it would. You know, I've never really been too big on the game. Like it is a it, it is what it is. It's an ex exhibition. It's, it's a display terrible. of skill. It's terrible. Uh, but it's nowhere near a basketball game. I was hoping for the entire experience to be. It's just it's a, it's a bit of a letdown. All right. All right, we have one more Super Chat before we get out of here, man. Baba Jide, our buddy, jumps in and says, uh, any update of when and B can realistically return? And it's a great question because I've seen it in the chat where it's the bull— hotly debated. The bull RJ is going— I want to say it's been mostly hotly debated by two people who say facts after every comment they make, even though <laughs> none of them are facts and all of them are projections. Look, RJ is really going at it. In here. No, we don't have an update because no. they're not going to give an update until four weeks. Like they said, mm -hmm. people come back from meniscus surgeries all the time. All like, the time. People are like, why would he come back when he's risking his health? This is a fairly predictable injury. The meniscectomy, which again, they were hesitant to use for various reasons. We don't want to speculate on that, but that's what he had. It is a predictable recovery. It's one where he should come back feeling better than he was by a significant degree. It's one with a relatively low risk of being re-injured. The risk comes from arthritis. The risk comes from the fact that you have less cartilage or less padding to um, to, to, to protect yourself. You, yeah. yeah, 
it's not like a short-term risk. That's a longer-term risk. Um, I'm not going to tell you that there's no chance his knee has a setback because that's not how knees or injuries or the Sixers work. But it is a on, on a scale of knee surgeries, this is a pretty predictable one. It's one that athletes and basketball players come back from in six to eight weeks with great frequency. It is not a reason to panic. And we're already, as of yesterday, two weeks in, right? Uh, I think it's a little more than a week. I think, he, he I think it, it was two Tuesday. weeks since he injured it, but I think it's I'm talking been, about the surgery. He had it on a Tuesday. Yeah, I think it's only been like it's two eight days. Well, I'll go. Oh, okay. okay, well, maybe it's because uh, today is what? What's today? Wednesday? Yeah. He had it on February 6th. So, yeah, eight days. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, the day of the week, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, Joel should be back at some point, hopefully. Yeah. He, Look, yeah. I, people are like, why? It, it's just, it's, it's, this isn't like a super. He's he's coming back and risking his career. It's yeah. It's a like it's, I said, it's pretty predictable. Yeah, it was, remember it was get the surgery. There's enough time to have the rest with the surgery to come back and ramp up. So if we're looking at that, we're talking about the entire month of March, and already eight days. So that's right there. Your four, I mean your five weeks right there, and and hopefully we hopefully we get to see him uh, late April, uh, late March, maybe, if not, hopefully early April. We got a lot of people to thank though. Uh, we do for, for this uh, tuning in on this Wednesday night. We've had some fun. We have fun tonight, but unfortunately, the two-game win streak could not extend to three. It was snapped 109-104 to the Miami Heat. They faltered down the stretch where this was a winnable game. That's what made it a little frustrating. Uh, but all in all, we head into the All-Star break. But we appreciate all of you for always hanging out with us, and we have some people to thank. Be sure to subscribe if you're not a subscriber if you subscribe to the youtube channel you can then come in join the chat we would appreciate that hit yep. the bell icon so you get notifications gene says it there too oh, ding i left the bell right there and i can't run over there to get it let me down devon that's I okay did. we still love you i did still love you. I'll, I'll just say ding. Yes, yesterday when we were doing it remotely i had my bell yes you Where did are you at come on i needed the all-star break <laughs> I'll have it for tomorrow. We all do. We all do. I have it for tomorrow. We do have a bunch of people to thank. Fusion, front running fan base, Money Mar, even though he was a little punchy what up, today. Mar? Eugene, Bootzilla, Boots. Fusion, The Bull, RJ, even though again he what was up, a little, RJ? little bit of pessimism. Stop in there, guys. That's okay. Sorry. Remo. Two minute warning. Did I say Al already? I might have said Al already. Well, I should have written everybody. But what now. is what we always do? What, what up, Al? Oh, yeah. What up, Al? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Kyle. We got Kyle Newbeck. Not Kyle Newbeck, and but he was Kyle. on there, too. A.A. Ron, Brandon, Cannoli. Love A.A. Ron. Uh, what up, I Cannoli? Joe Sox, Coach Lyle Ricketts, Todd, Brandon, I think I've said him, a whole bunch of other people. I really I really have to write these down so I have them on the what list. What up, ready to everybody? I, uh, Baba yeah. G Day, we thank you for the super chat. There you go. Davon and Bernard, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate Bree. We thank you all for hanging out with us on this Wednesday night. We'll be back tomorrow at our normal time, non-game day, 2.30. So we hope that you are all there as we uh, uh, have some great conversation for you tomorrow. As we begin the All-Star break, we'll have some things for you tomorrow and throughout the next few days before the Sixers get back on the floor next Thursday, hosting the New York Knicks and the Cav Cavaliers on Friday. So back-to-back -back New York on Thursday Cavs on Friday, PHLY Sixers takeover on Friday at the arena. So, as I had to kind of...
belch a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is live. Look, that, we do it live. <laughs> yeah, that's a professional, though. Did it come through? It did go. Let us know in the chat if it came through. I so think you were. I'll I just tell you. And what I did, you know, I just kind of, <laughs> instead of speaking loudly, I just took it down a little bit, let it happen. And then, boom, get right back at it. Bree, thank you as always. Thank you, all of you. Derek, Kyle, I'm Devon. And we will talk to you tomorrow right here on the PHLY Sixers Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We all silly like the mayor. 